Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Thanks for Participating. I'm Sydney. And I'm Josh. And this is not an ASMR video. <laughs> this is the Thanks for Participating experience. 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 <laughs> I don't even know if those levels will pick up. You'll find out this week, won't you? This has been a modern art podcast. <laughs> this has been jazz plus jazz equals jazz. Uh, Sid, I feel like this is going to be just a really chaotic episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. I think we're both going to be a little punchy tonight. Well, the thing is, is it's currently 1.30 in the morning. We've both had a really long day. We yeah. still have a long night ahead of us. Well, actually, I'm probably just going to take a shower and go to bed and try to get up early and pack. So, here's the thing. We are leaving for Hawaii tomorrow. Woohoo! Right now, it's 1.30 in the morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, whichever you prefer, whichever I mean, it's, is politically it's, correct. It's still Friday night because we haven't gone to sleep yet. Okay. That's, I don't make the rules, but that's the rule. All right, I can play it by that rule. Um, I haven't started packing at all, not even a little bit. At least I've started. <laughs> it's a good thing that this episode won't come out until we have will have already been in Hawaii for like what five days, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, four days, and so we'll be four days into the trip. My mom probably won't listen to it while we're on the trip, so I think we're safe. <laughs> If she, because if she knew right now that I hadn't started packing, she would probably die and go to heaven of like anxiety. Needless to say, it's been a chaotic week for all of us. It's um, I think the past couple of days in preparation for the trip has been pretty chaotic, but there have been a lot of things in the past week or two weeks that have been really cool. Good thing that I have my caffeine for the night in the form of. Let me see. That's milk. 946 milliliters of chocolate milk. That's milk. It is not caffeine. Mm, might as well be. Mm, but it's not. I went to Maverick, which is our gas station here in Utah. Your mom went to Maverick. What's wrong with us? Anyway, I went <laughs> to Maverick to get chocolate milk because Sydney asked me to go get her chocolate milk. I walk in the Maverick and all of their shelves are empty. Except for like three. And they had like a sign that said everything in the store is 50% off except for the alcohol and tobacco. Those were only 25% off. Oh, that's too bad. I walk in to get chocolate milk and I spend a while looking at the empty like fridge doors. Like, hmm, I'm going to pretend like I'm shopping. And then I was like, I'm just going to feel really weird to walk out of here without buying anything. Because, you know, the, it was 1230 and the, are you rubbing your face on the mic? I'm trying to stay awake. Okay. We're only seven minutes in. Yeah. Okay, long story short, I didn't want to leave because I felt awkward, so I bought a hot dog, and then I ate the hot dog in my car in the parking lot. Then I drove to a different Maverick to buy the chocolate milk. So now we both have chocolate milk, and we're set for the night. It's going to get us energized to record this podcast because we're going to be in Hawaii for the next 10 days, and we have an episode scheduled to come out on Wednesday and we still have to pack. Meanwhile, I finished a whole episode of The Office while he was out looking for chocolate milk. And I was like, maybe I should call him and make sure he didn't get in a car crash and die or something. You know, with as much that we have to get done tonight, I feel like watching The Office was the best use of time. 
Always. Sure. You know how much I love that show. I don't know. Do you want to talk about some of the things that we've been doing the past uh, couple weeks? Give I've... our little li- little listeners a well, update on you know their favorite podcast hosts. I've been working. You actually, today was your first day at your second job currently. Because we're poor. And we are going to be without income for the next week and a half. Yeah, that's really Almost half the month, so. It's really fun being a college student. Yeah. It's really fun being a college student and being married to another college student. I uh, am almost done with my programming course just in time to start a math course before school actually starts in the fall. So, <laughs> And I get to take spreadsheets, so we're really fun people. <laughs> Do you just want to record this episode in the morning? Am I being too punchy for you? I don't know. I just feel like I don't have any energy. I definitely don't have energy, but I feel like I'm getting to the point where I'm like so tired that I'm getting weird. It's not that you're my... getting weird. It's just that I'm like, do you want to talk about this? And then you're just like, no. I didn't. I did not say no. No, that's just the vibes you're giving off. I'm like, you want to talk about some of the fun things that we've been doing this week? And you're like, working. And I'm like, I have a list of all the things that we've been doing. Oh, I forgot about the list. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been working. I'm just a college student. I'm poor. I'm broke. I don't do anything with my life <laughs> except for, you know, all of these things that I have written down. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting to talk about because they're new and exciting developments in our life. I'm sorry. Honestly, I forgot about the outline because I'm tired. <laughs> I know. You you get tired and you forget who you are. I'm like, hey, Sid, do you remember me? No. I just need a nap. <laughs> like, I bet you've forgotten that you even had chocolate milk like next to you I've for been your refreshment. It. I've been drinking the chocolate milk. When I get tired, I get very sarcastic with you. <laughs> Some would say borderline mean. You know what? You're a poo face. <laughs> See? There it is. Okay. Back to reality. Oops. There goes gravity. What? Eminem. Who's Eminem? Hi, my name's Sid. <laughs> I don't know anything. I can't keep my eyes open. I'm lethargic. And I don't know who Eminem is. Welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> For the record, I do know who Eminem is. I just enjoy messing with Josh. Oh, shoot. I got chocolate milk on my laptop. And the look on his face was totally worth it. Because if anyone, either of us would know who a musical artist is, it would not be me. So, oh well. What? I don't know. Should we keep recording or just do it tomorrow? Let's just do it tomorrow. Okay. We know your time is valuable. Thank you for holding. Someone will be with you as soon as possible. Thank you for your call. We appreciate your business and the opportunity to assist you. 
please continue to hold. A representative is working hard to take your call just as soon as possible. Because of the personal attention given every caller, you might experience a brief delay. Please remain on the line. A representative will assist you shortly. And we're back. Thanks for holding. Hmm. LOL. <laughs> it is now the morning, specifically 9.09, Mountain Daylight Time, AM. And I've officially had like six hours of sleep. Six hours of sleep, which is not enough. Is it enough to make you less punchy than last night? Yes. Okay. I've been up for a couple hours. Sydney has been up for about five minutes. Ten, actually. No. You're going to start us off arguing with me? Do you want to wait until tomorrow morning? (laughs) Maybe I do. We can record it from the Los Angeles airport. Wait, push pause. You need to go get your chocolate milk out of the fridge. You're right. Right now. You're totally right. Not even going to argue with that. Well, she goes to get that. I woke up this morning. I chugged the rest of that chocolate milk from last night. I also ate two mandarin oranges. And then I was like, you know what? If I'm going to make it through this, I'm going to need a little bit more. So I hiked my booty to Chevron and I bought myself a monster import. Let's see if you can hear me crack it open. Probably not because it has like the little twist. So it doesn't make that like the sound. I... Hey, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Oh, you know. (laughs) Am I doing the same thing? Kind of. Sorry. All right. For those of you who are new listeners, this is the show where Sydney, my wife, and I, her husband, take turns introducing each other to things that we have previously enjoyed growing up. Those could include, but are not limited to, movies, TV shows, hobbies, travel destinations, people food okay um 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 um. before we get any further let's remember to do a quick shout out we got a piece of listener mail since our last episode so we want to give a shout out to that listener (laughs) let me start over you're gonna have a a lot of editing to do today (laughs) yeah Uh, i've got like a spider web or something on my arm maybe there is Yo, spider, hit up my DMs first. (laughs) You okay there? You can't say stuff like that right as I take a sip of water, of milk. Okay, I'll try to be better. (laughs) (laughs) I almost just did a spit take all over the sarong for the trip. What the heck is a sarong? It's this. That? What do you do with it? Wear it. Can you uh, demonstrate for me? No. Because I don't know how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what my mom gave you for Easter? Uh, Yeah. It's the when you guys are wearing the white shorts for the pictures. I'm going to be wearing the sarong. But it was kind of wrinkly, so I took it out to iron it. But I only got halfway through it before I needed to go get my spray tan. So that's another thing that I've got to finish today besides packing. All right, everyone. Before we really get started because i guess we really haven't started yet (laughs) there's a couple items of business we need to take care of first off we want to give a shout out to one of our listeners who sent in 
uh, fan mail. I don't know. I don't feel weird calling it fan mail. They emailed our show since our last episode. So we want to give a shout out to Spencer, the one and only. You know who you are, Spence. <laughs> he, uh, uh, I sent him the link to the Star Wars episode, um, the sort of Star Wars episode that I was on with uh, Ryan. And he listened to that while he was at work. And then he spent like the rest of his day at work, like binge listening all of the other episodes of our podcast. And then we saw him that night at a barbecue and he was, uh, how to say, ranting and raving about the quality of, <laughs> just kidding. Yep. But he said, I love listening to your podcast. Definitely your biggest fan. Oh, thanks, Spence. Thanks for the shout out in the skiing episode. Oh, yeah. when <laughs> We told the story about how he was up on the top of the mountain skiing for the first time and he got so nervous that he took off his skis and laid down like like belly first like on top of the skis oh yeah i'm sure he was like not even a little bit embarrassed that we told that yeah, on sure the podcast he, i'm sure he's just thrilled to have that story out there on the internet but to clarify he says i would like to formally announce that i no longer ski on my stomach i'm much better at it now thanks to josh <laughs> i had nothing to do with it <laughs> i i uh laughed at him so <laughs> If if that's wow, what helped him next really time, supportive. next time that you fall down skiing, I'm just gonna laugh at you. And according to Spence, that's what's gonna get you better. So I will take off my ski and I will whack you with it. He says, uh, "Sydney, you'll get there. I think in the future you should do an episode about Josh's love for playing with Barbies." <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let me tell you a story, okay? Because. Um, two years ago when Josh and I first started dating. Wait, 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 wait. Before you tell that story, I want to talk about, like, just real quick background. So, Spencer is talking about one time when we, you know what, this story, like, all of the adults in our family have loved teasing about it so much that I can't realistically tell you how old I was. Because I might say, oh, we were probably, like, eight years old. And my mom would be like, no, you were probably, like, 16 years old. And, like, I have no concept of like when this took place but it was a while ago and it was in our old house and my younger sister in her room used to have this loft uh where you'd have to climb the ladder up the wall and then there was this loft area really tiny but she would keep all of her dolls and her uh like my little littlest pet shop or whatever up there she had a lot of like monster high dolls and disney barbies and princes and stuff and they were having, there was a family gathering and Spencer and his family were over. And for some reason, me and Spencer or me and my family or something were having, you know, unkind words or something. And I was very upset. And so I went to hide and I went and hid in my sister's Barbie loft. And then Spencer came up a while later to try to talk to me. And we like... Like, talked it out, and we're like, oh, yeah, we're bros. We're bros. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're bros. And <laughs> and while we were talking, we were just kind of, like, mindlessly, like, fidgeting with the Barbies that were there. And then we got caught by the adults, these two boys up in my baby sister's loft, like, with the Barbies. And anyway, they never stopped teasing us about that. Yeah, but you also never stopped playing with them. That's true. <laughs> Okay, you can tell your story now. <laughs> you guys, we were 20 years old when we started dating. 
full grown adults, kind of. And kind of. I, <laughs> as you're about to find out, <laughs> I was super into Josh, Ooh, but I don't think he knew that totally. He knew that I was interested, but I don't think he knew how head over heels I was for him. And we had like talked once. I don't even think we had hung out at that point. And he starts sending me videos of him and his little brother playing with the Aladdin Barbies and like singing and like acting them out. And I kept on getting these videos and I was like, am I sure I want to date this weirdo? (laughs) (laughs) Because for some reason he thought it would be a good idea to send them to the girl that he was trying to woo. I was trying to woo. But I mean, what can I say? Because we're married now. Uh, what's the guy's name from Ant-Man and WandaVision? Jimmy Woo? I was trying to Jimmy Woo you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Yeah, it was like right when the live action Aladdin remake came out. And I had just moved back to Utah yeah, from New York City. Date. Yeah, we the first date we ever went on was uh, going to see that movie when it was in theaters. And... um. My sister, or like my mom, had bought like a set of the Disney dolls from the live action movie for my sister. And I don't even know how it started, but my brother and I were like making music videos with the dolls. And it was really funny because I maybe we'll post like one of them or something. (laughs) But. Like, we had the Will Smith genie, like, hanging in, like, a desk lamp. Because, you know, the genie's in, like, the oil lamp that he, like, rubs. And uh, then we had Aladdin. He went up and he started, like, rubbing, like, the lamp. And the lamp light turned on. And <laughs> Will Smith, like, came out the bottom. But instead of singing, you ain't never had a friend like me, he started singing, you've got a friend in me. <laughs> I think, ultimately, from those videos, I realized that it was very clear that you did not take yourself seriously at all. And that was kind of attractive. <laughs> well, I'm glad. That you had a sense of humor, at least. Yeah. I think, like, because I had already known you for a while before that point, um, I was totally comfortable just, like, being goofy and, like, sending, like, you know, really embarrassing things to you. It was but kind if... of a 180 from what you were when we were living in New York City, though. Not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. You came off a lot more responsible there. <laughs> well, that's because I had more responsibilities. Fair enough. Well, thanks, Spence. You just uh, prompted full disclosure moment for us. Now I've admitted to the entirety of the internet how much I enjoy playing with Barbies. So I'm sure he's happy to be of service there. Okay. So, um, thanks, Spence, for your email. We love getting emails from people that uh, enjoy listening to our show. If you would like a shout-out on an episode, feel free to... Oh, man, I'm burping all the time. <laughs> Oops. Um, if you would like a shout-out on our show, you can send us an email. You can direct message us on uh, social media. Also, we would really love to kind of get a better idea of who our listeners are. So go ahead and send us an email, introduce yourself, what you love, what you don't love, <laughs> uh, which uh, Barbie is your favorite. Let's um, move on. That's going to have to be Tour Guide Barbie from Toy Story 2. She's my favorite. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, okay, right. let's let's move on. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've had quite the week. In case you're not aware, we are leaving for a 10-day vacation in like two hours. Yeah, and we haven't packed. <laughs> I haven't even started. Go us. And we were going to record last night. I'm sure you're aware because I'll probably leave in a little bit of that recording. It did not go well. So we decided to. Um, I get really weird when I'm tired. Yeah, me too. And anyway, and I was going to like finish packing or start and finish packing and then go to sleep. And instead, I just went to sleep. And so. Oh, well. All right. Well, besides this awesome vacation that we're about to go on, we. I'm sure you've seen from our stories that we've been closely following the NBA playoffs. I have never really watched basketball before this, to be honest. Like, I enjoy watching sports and, like, I'll sit down and, like, watch a basketball game, like, if it's on or something. But I've never really, like, seriously watched basketball. I haven't ever seriously watched any sport ever in my entire life. Um, I've Growing up, I played a lot of sports. And I was on teams and stuff. And when I was really young, I would go to the Utah Jazz games in person uh, at least like once a year with my basketball team. And back then, I like knew more of the players' names and stuff. That was, uh, for any of you Utah listeners that would be familiar with the Jazz, that was during the time that like Carlos Boozer and <laughs> Paul Millsap and Darren Williams were on the team. But... Ever since then, I like never knew any of the pl- players, never knew how the Jazz were doing, never really watched any of the games until about two weeks ago when I don't even know how I like found out, but I just found out that the Jazz would, did really well in their season this year and that they made it into the playoffs as the number one seeded team in the NBA and they're doing and just have a really good shot at going far in the postseason, which really is the first time since like. 97 98 when the utah jazz went to the nba finals against the bulls and malone so anyway we're we're really excited we bought like a cable television package just just so we can watch the games and so we've been watching all of the playoff games and getting really excited for it we've had company over to watch it with us and i've been really excited because i finally have a team to be excited about I like watching baseball. That's my sport. And when you're a Texas Rangers fan, it's kind of heartbreaking most years. So this is a this is a good feeling for me. Yeah, <laughs> they've been doing really well. They they just eliminated the Grizzlies. Grizz- <laughs> they just eliminated the Memphis Grizzlies in round one, and they're moving on. They're going to be playing whoever wins between the Clippers and the Mavericks. They are tomorrow. Yeah, their series is at 3-2, right? Like, no, Clippers are up 3-3 three, three three now. Oh, it's 3-3 three, three now? Yeah, they had a game last night, and the Clippers beat the Mavs. Oh, it's really tight then. So, yeah, it's going to be whoever wins tomorrow night. I would really love to see the Mavericks win because my family's all from Dallas, and that would be a very fun thing to see the Utah Jazz play the Dallas Mavericks. Also, because the Clippers lost a bunch of games at the very end of their post like of their regular season so that they would be matched up against the Mavericks instead of um uh, other teams, I guess. 
And I think they're trying to avoid the Lakers. I, but anyways, it would just kind of be like a nice like haha in your face. Did you see how angry the internet is at the playoffs right now? No. Because the Phoenix Suns just eliminated the Lakers, so they're out of it. <laughs> and the Warriors didn't even make it into the playoffs. And so it's like the first time since like 94 or 95 that like the Lakers or the Warriors or, you know, these like really wealthy teams that have won multiple championships haven't made it past at least round two in the postseason. And no. all of these like previous NBA players and ESPN personalities, they're all like tweeting like, great, like now we're going to have like what a Utah Milwaukee finals this is going to be that like the, be so bad this is going to be the least watched finals ever and they like no one's excited about it everyone's <laughs> okay I have a gripe with ESPN they I don't like the way they do things because of years of watching baseball the best team in the league could be the Colorado Rockies or like some like obscure team but every single year they're going to predict that like Boston Red Sox or the Yankees or the Nationals or like one of those big teams is going to take the whole thing even if they're kind of like mediocre they're always every year without fail going to say that those big teams are going to like win the World Series Mm -hmm. and then they don't (laughs) yeah and I feel like it's the same way with basketball a little bit too like from kind of like the way they've been predicting like no one said anything about like the Jazz or anything right it's even though the Jazz had an incredible season and that they were like the number one rated team this year, no one thought that they had a chance at winning the finals because they don't have superstars. Like they don't have a LeBron James that can carry the team. Like they don't have anyone that's carried them into like multiple like championships. The closest they've had is Donovan Mitchell, who like no one really they thought like he's up and coming, but he's not superstar status. But I think in the playoffs so far, he's like really like shown that he is like ready to be a superstar. Oh, Plus, totally. they've just got a like incredible all around team. Um, their three pointers from a lot of their offensive players are just so entertaining to watch. See, the thing is, like, the Jazz don't have like an incredible superstar, like not a LeBron James, mm-hmm. but they have like a pretty well rounded team and Donovan Mitchell, who's really, really, really good. Yeah. So. I mean, I think they have the ability to go far. Yeah, I think it's uh, kind of just like an in-your-face a little bit that like a well-put-together, well-balanced team can like do well and do better than these like stacked teams with, you know, uh, <laughs> most expensive workers in the NBA. Yeah. Um, also, it's just sports should be and are whoever plays the best wins right yes not whoever is the whichever team is the most popular whichever team has the biggest fan base whichever team spent the most money on their team whichever team has the most celebrity sponsorships or whatever you know yeah like i don't know that just like totally rubs me the wrong way because it's not like you have all these teams that are the support for the lakers or the heat or whatever like they're competing for the playoffs too and sometimes Their Lakers are going to lose. Yeah. The Lakers have like, what, 60 (laughs) uh, NBA titles? Just kidding. I know it's a lot, but we don't have any. And 
it would be exciting just to win once, right? And yes. I don't know why people are pissed off that like we have a chance at, you know, winning for the first time. So anyway. It's because they're Lakers fans. That's why. <laughs> Sportsmanship should be healthy and positive and promoting. Like it should not be <laughs> anyway. This has been our uh, <laughs> sports moment from Sid and me, the guy who doesn't know anything about professional sports. Now on to now on our to. next segment. Uh, other than getting excited about uh, the NBA Finals, we've had a couple other really fun activities that we've done this week. What was it? Like a few days ago, Josh woke me up at four in the morning. Guys, I'm not a morning person. Oh, I think they can already tell. Just based on how our recording session has gone so far. Just kidding. We're doing great. I'm not a morning person at all. And Josh wakes me up at four in the morning so that we can go watch the lunar eclipse. It ended up being like really cool and dope. But I was not super thrilled about waking up at four. But we ended up going to this park. And Josh has that like awesome telescope. And we set it up and pointed it at the moon and we could see the eclipse going on really well unfortunately we weren't like within the path of the eclipse so it never like turned blood red which is kind of what i was looking forward to because i've actually never seen a blood red moon before but um it was still a lot of fun and then i got to go back to sleep for a couple of hours like any time that the moon eclipses it goes red because what happens during a lunar eclipse for our listeners who might not know is this the, the earth is exactly in between the moon and the sun so the moon actually enters the earth's shadow that the earth casts into space and so you can see the shadow of the earth on the surface of the moon when you're looking at it and then it just makes the moon look like it's not there yeah it looks like it's a full moon right so it's completely round but it looks like uh half moon and then a crescent moon like it looks like it goes through like the full lunar like cycle just in a couple hours which is like pretty cool but then as it gets completely covered like the only light that makes it to the moon from the sun is the light that no excuse me (laughs) i've got a lot of gas building up in my uh uh fizzy chambers (laughs) it's probably because you chugged that chocolate milk this morning probably um the only light that makes it to the moon is the light that bends around the earth. And so like on the edges of the earth are where the sun is setting on one side of the, the world and rising on the other side of the world. So sunsets and sunrises and the light passes through that like part of the atmosphere of the earth, bends around, makes it to the earth and comes back. And so it's fil- like all the blue light is filtered out. And so the only light that makes it back to us is the red light from all the sunsets and sunrises in the world, which I think is so cool. Like the moon, like literally turns red from all the sunrises and sunsets in the world. And that's just, oh, that's really like beautiful sounding, you know. But I think the reason we didn't see it was one, like we're further inland. So when the eclipse was total, it was already really low on the atmosphere. And when you're just looking at the sky, the lower uh, or the lower on the horizon it is, the more air and atmosphere you have to look through. So, like, if you look straight up, I think it's like 20 to 30 miles of turbulent air. 
And if you look straight to the horizon, it's like 100, 200 miles of air. So it's more, you know, gunk that you have to get through. Also, uh, it ended at like 6 a.m. and the sun was like, it was starting to get pretty bright outside. So, yeah, it was still really cool to see, though. Like Josh's telescope is very good at looking at the moon and you can see things very clearly. Like we could see the whole eclipse very clearly through his telescope. So I'm glad we did that. Yeah, we uh, the whole drive home after that, we were looking up like when all the next lunar eclipses and solar eclipses are. It's going to be a while before we get one that's visible here, but we want to like travel to uh, Papua New Guinea. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's when like the next solar eclipse is. Yep. And so (laughs) we I don't. We'll probably not do that, but that'd be cool. If we it would be to Papua super New dope. Guinea to... I would like to go to Papua New Guinea. Okay, let's do it. All right. I don't even know. Is that in South America or is it in nope. Africa? No. Is it in Southeast Asia? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's considered like Southeast Asia or like more like Oceania, because it's, it's like, like it's like right above Australia. Okay, it's a. It's an island. Is it one of those? I like, think it's Southeast Asia. Is it, is it one of those small countries that's like got like several countries on an island? Um, it. I think it splits an island with Indonesia. Okay, that's in my brain. Like that's what I was picturing on the map, but I get that confused because like Dominican Republic and Haiti are the same way, right? Yes. Okay, and I think there's um a country like. Just above Brazil that I confuse with Papua New Guinea. Panama? Not Panama. I am pulling up. Oh, Guinea? Oh, is that just what it's called? I I could totally be pronouncing this wrong. French. French Guyana. French Guyana? Oh, yeah. There's Guyana and French Guyana. It's not Guinea. That was embarrassing. I should know that. (laughs) Looks like you're not the only one that gets them mixed up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Papua New Guinea. I don't even know if that's how you say it. It is, I think. Well, okay. I don't speak the language, so I guess I can't really say, but I'm pretty sure it's like Papua New Guinea. What language do they speak there? That's a good question. Okay, Google. What language is spoken in Papua New Guinea? The official languages of Papua New Guinea are Tok Pisin, English, and Hirimotu. Wow. I have never actually heard of Tok Pisin or Hirimotu. So, that's cool. If... We have any listeners that at now or at any point in the future that are familiar with those languages or are fluent in them, please hit us up. I would be so interested to like learn more about it. So, yep, we need to start studying now for when we go there to see the solar eclipse. We need to be conversational in, uh, you know, I put my phone away and I already forgot what those languages were called. Talk Pisin and Hirimotu. All right. The other really fun thing that we did was we went to see, the what is lights. it called, Nightlife or something? It was a floating lantern festival, which was really cool, something I had never seen before. Guys, imagine the scene from Tangled, where they're sitting in the boat and singing to each other. It is exactly like that, minus the boat. And the, and the beautiful singing. singing. There and, was the, and the beautiful singing. There was singing, but it was not good. <laughs> they like hired a band 
there. And the musicians were really great. But every time that singer opened his mouth, I just wanted to run. <laughs> but um, it was beautiful. We have tried to be more active on our like Instagram story. So a lot of the times that we go do these fun things, we post on there. So make sure to follow us on Instagram so you can, you know, see a lot of these fun stuff that we are getting involved in. Yep. Yep. All right. So for today's actual episode, <laughs> we are going to be discussing a movie. It's been a while since we've talked about a movie. And this one's also going to be a little bit different than normal. Right. Because this movie is definitely more of like a serious subject. Yeah. The So the movie is called A Beautiful Mind and it's a movie that I have I had seen once before. And usually on this, you know, podcast we it's more about things that we grew up doing all the time or love. So it's kind of not something that we typically would want to do where it's just something I've I've seen or done once, but it when I did see it before it had a, you know, a really big impact on me and I've thought about it a lot since. And I've, you know, really wanted to watch it with Sydney for a long time because she had never seen it. So we were really excited to show to show her. But then as we were watching it together, I realized that it was going to be really hard to like make the same kind of uh, episode that we usually make about this movie. Um, but we'll just see how it goes. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, we'd really recommend uh, watching it before you listen to this podcast. Spoiler alert. There are things that we are going to discuss in this movie that will uh, give away the entire plot. <laughs> I just think it would be like you would appreciate this episode a lot more if you have already seen the movie. I don't know. You know, it came out in the 90s. Correction, the movie actually came out in the year 2001. It, I think it's an Oscar winning film, but I don't know how many of our listeners are of the uh, demographic that would have... Uh, watch that already. Like, if you want to stop listening to our show, go watch the movie. I think it's free on Peacock right now. We'll give you 10 seconds to do that. And then you can come back and keep listening. Yes. Starting now. All right. So you watch the movie. <laughs> also, as a warning to our listeners, this movie does discuss a lot of mental health um, topics and stuff. So proceed with caution. Yeah, um, we, it's very, it's a very serious movie and it deals with really like possibly disturbing, um, depictions of mental, like serious mental illness, mental disorders, um, not just the same kind of mental health that a lot of people go through. This is something that, you know, not a lot of people experience, um, but still disorders of like this kind are very serious and need like representation and resources and yeah so this is the story it well this movie is based on a real person his name was john nash he is a brilliant mathematician and he is also a schizophrenic and so the movie um revolves around that idea that um he has schizophrenia and yeah, he developed schizophrenia while he was attending grad school at Princeton. And as you come to find out in the movie, there are these characters and settings that he 
becomes familiar with that suddenly he has to face the reality that those are not real. And there's a quote from the psychiatrist in the movie. Let me pull up the quote. Probably the quote from the movie that sticks to my mind or that the quote that sticks with me the most from this movie is from the psychiatrist. And it's he's talking to John Nash's wife, who is just like, you know, also r- realizing that he has schizophrenia and is paranoid. And so he's going through this like 10 week treatment in the hospital. I think they're inducing seizures and it's really scary. And anyways, the psychiatrist is talking to his wife and he says, imagine if you suddenly learned that the people the places, the moments most important to you were not gone, not dead, but worse, had never been. What kind of hell would that be? Yeah, I definitely remember that quote, too, sticking out to me. Mental illness has been something that's been very prevalent in my life and um, some of the people around me. And, you know, as rough as it can be sometimes, like, I can't imagine what that would be like To go through that kind of thing, to just realize one day that like your best friend and his and his like niece like never existed in the first place. They're just a figment of your imagination. He had these delusions that he could not distinguish from reality. And so he constantly had to wonder if the people that he was meeting were real or if his brain was creating them. And like his roommate in college was just someone that was not really there. He thought that he had an employer through the government that wasn't there. Uh, His roommate, like Sydney said, had a niece that wasn't there. And these delusions stuck with him the rest of his life. And he just had to learn how to ignore them. And they never went away. And so his whole life, he struggled with that but he was still able to accomplish a lot and he won a lot of prizes and like got recognition for his work and cuz he truly was like a brilliant mathematician that revolutionized economics and um mm-hmm. I think he did a lot of other stuff but the movie focuses on his accomplishment in economics right but it's very interesting it shows the course of like his college career and him falling in love and, like, marrying his wife, having a kid, and then them, like, finding out that he was making everything up. Or that he wasn't making everything up, but that, like, he was having delusions and um, and then him coping with it. And so... Yeah, I think the movie does an excellent job at helping you see through the eyes of John Nash. Because, like, for example, it shows his you know, workspace that he goes into um, to do like the uh, code breaking and identifying patterns and everything because he thinks that they're in the middle of this uh, conspiracy with the Russian government. And there are these soldiers and computers and monitors and maps and everything. And it looks very real, legit. And like, that's what he's seeing. And as the viewer, you don't see anything like suspicious about it. You don't think anything's out of the ordinary. But then... Uh, later you see his wife go to the same place and it's not that at all it's just a shed with newspapers taped up all over the place and like threat and just nonsense uh it looks exactly like you would imagine like a conspiracy theorist's 
man cave to look like where it's just like i mean not saying that and like jokingly but like just to give the readers like a mental image like that it's like the newspapers and the thread and just basically what you were saying like this yeah and just that he like john nash was this brilliant mathematician who could reason out logistically very complex problems but because of his condition he was having delusions not just of people and stuff but he was seeing patterns that weren't there and so he was pulling out you know letters and placements on pages and ripping out news or ripping out magazine pages to find correlations that just didn't exist and so he was connecting things that he thought were there that just weren't and so like to him he was seeing oh like here's these messages but but in reality he was just circling random things that weren't actually there on the page and Mm -hmm. and and later it showed the same thing that he was when he was taking medication to try to help control these delusions it still had the same kind of effect on him when one of his uh, colleagues from grad school came to visit him for the first time uh, since his he was diagnosed he was sitting out on the porch and he was trying to like he was trying to get back into his math work and he had you know this packet of pages that he was working on and he handed it to his colleague to go over and his colleague looked through it and it was just uh like scribbles and circles of like random number and it was not equations it was not functions it you know it wasn't anything coherent is that the word yeah um but you could see later that as he gained more and more control over ignoring the delusions and uh gaining grips on reality and being able to distinguish that he still was able to like use those skills that he had developed in his life and he just had to stick to places that were familiar with him to be rooted in the real world and so he did a lot of his work sitting in the library at Princeton and he would work out his problems with chalk on the window and when he would do that then he could you know write coherent things equations you know real symbols and derivatives and stuff on the window that made sense rather than just you know finding patterns and things that weren't there so Mm -hmm. I think one of the most impactful moments of the whole movie well I guess it's not a moment but it's um the period of time where his like schizophrenia is really bad and like he's at home and um he like stops taking his medication because he doesn't like the side effects and because of that his schizophrenia gets like pretty bad and it makes it like really hard on his wife i think that's something that is relatable to a lot of people who take um those kinds of medications that those like side effects definitely make you feel like a different person almost not a different person but it like dulls your senses and like for John Nash that was that he wasn't able to think as well and think through things as clearly or he felt that way when he was doing his when he was like sitting on his porch trying to work out things he felt like he couldn't think as clearly when he had his medication and I think in other ways, people who struggle with mental illness can definitely relate to that. That, um, you know, there are like senses that are dulled and like things that are different when you're taking um, medication and it, it can be hard. I, you know, medication can help a lot with, you know, different conditions. But it is, there are a lot of things that make 
medication a frustrating aspect of treatment you know besides just like side effects like for me i take medication for you know um like my mental condition that like one of the things that i struggle with the most is organizing dates priorities appointments remembering like tasks that i need to do um and so i have prescribed medication that like helps me be able to do that but it in order to get the medication i need to do those things that i struggle with anyways i need to remember to set a doctor's appointment i need to remember to go in to get the prescription filled i need to remember and then once i get the prescription i need to remember to take it in the morning and so it's hard that uh a lot of treatment for conditions are not friendly to the conditions to which they're trying to treat that's a big frustration that i have right now that it's like you feel like you're stuck like just yesterday i got really frustrated because i was realizing i was running out of the medication that i take and i went in to get a refill because usually my doctor will give me three months at a time and one month is like able to be filled immediately the next month after 30 days the next month after 60 days and then i have to meet with a doctor once each three months in person to get the renewal usually he prints them off for me and i can see like when they're goodbye um but this last time he sent it to the pharmacy electronically i think all three months so i was reaching the end of the prescription so i went in to get it refilled at the pharmacy and they said oh we don't have any prescriptions for you available and I was, I explained, well, usually the doctor sends, you know, multiple months. And they said, oh, yeah, we see that he, they sent that last time, but they're expired. Because apparently it had been three months since the last one. And so the second month and the third month had already expired. And I couldn't fill them. And that, I was just like, oh, great. Because now I'm going to have to go through the whole process again. I'm not going to, like, it's going to take a long time for me to remember and, like, get on top of it. Especially without medication now that I'm through with it. And that's why it took me three months to go through one month of prescription in the first place is because I can't stay on top of it. And it's just really stressful because I've got two final projects for the class that I'm in right now coming up. I have a midterm on Tuesday that I need to study for and take. Uh, I need to study the whole time we're in Hawaii because I have finals the day after we come back. And... So, you know, it's, it's really stressful and I, I honestly, I don't know what I'm going to do, but that was even in high school when I watched this movie for the first time, that was one of the things that stuck with me that I related to the most was just seeing myself in John Nash and like his frustration with the things that he couldn't control about his mind and the way he experienced the world and the way that his condition impacted his ability to perform daily functions normally. Yeah, I think there's a whole discussion there just in general related to disabilities. Um, how that like the solutions that people have come up with for disabled people are not friendly to their disabilities. Um, you know, kind of like what you told me earlier about like the Braille, how um, they put Braille on the walls for, so that people can like blind people can like read it. But how do blind people find it on the walls, you know? <laughs> right. I think for me, the part, I 
I basically cried through the whole movie <laughs> while I was watching it. Um, because this one hit really close to home for me. One of the things that really got to me was um, his wife and how she was there for him, but it was like hard on her, but she was always there for him. I have sometimes in my life, I have dealt with a lot of severe um, issues over the course of the last couple of years and I think often as that person you always worry about the people around you and like worry about being a burden to them and making things hard for them and I think the portrayal of it was very good um very accurate to what that does kind of look like in real life I related I I guess I wouldn't say I related to the wife because in that situation I'm more of John Nash than his wife Alicia but um that part was very impactful to me because that's something that I consistently worry about how I might be making things hard for the people around me or impacting their lives and you know there are parts in the movie where she's frustrated because his medication um, makes him not very, I don't want to say not very affectionate, but, you know, she, like, read into that, listeners. <laughs> or where she doesn't feel like, or she feels scared around him because his he gets so deep in the illusions, at the delusions at one point in the movie where he has a hard time depicting, like, or he can't depict reality from those delusions and he puts the people around him in danger and just how much of a toll that took on her. That was something that I related to a lot when watching the movie and I also enjoyed, I also thought, you know, after he starts going back to Princeton and, you know, he has some rough spots, but he starts getting better, he starts recognizing or he starts ignoring the delusions and realizing, like, oh, these people aren't real. Like, just ignore them. Don't don't give them the time of day. And my delusions, they'll still be there, but they won't be as aggressive. Um, and they won't be taking over my reality. And things start to get better. And, um, and their marriage improves and they end up staying. Like, they were married the rest of their lives, right? Until they passed away. And I thought that was... A really good message of hope for everyone that's dealing with um, those kinds of things that like things do get better and your relationships with other people don't have to be defined by those moments and like especially with a significant other like that's something that's very hard for the both of you but um, you know if you guys can make it through together it's something that will strengthen your relationship. I'm not crying you're crying. <laughs> I was actually crying a little bit. So. Yeah. This this is one of those movies that your experience with the movie is not contained within the time it takes to watch it. That it you think think about it and it has an impact on you for a long time after. And you think about your life and you think about the lives of those that love you and you you evaluate your 
ability to, you know, manage your emotions and manage your thoughts. And, you know, we all we all have challenges that we have to overcome. For a lot of people, though, like overcoming those challenges is a lifetime pursuit. And, you know, for me, I I've been, you know, trying to deal with, you know, my obstacles to learning and to reading and, you know, with schoolwork for a long time and it's making college really hard and you know I right now I have a goal to go to like nuclear science for grad school you know somewhere you know there's not a lot of like colleges that like offer that you know besides you know really top-end expensive ones like MIT and UC Berkeley and stuff and you know with my right now my ability to perform academically my grades is just not there because I have such a hard time plus I have to work and so I don't have you know I have to devote more time to get the same amount of work done and so I I still have a long or I still have a lot to figure out and I think you know something that I take away from John Nash is that he has to surround himself with people that like force him to be successful that he surrounds himself with things that like root him in uh, focus, that root him in, you know, his reality, his wife, his colleagues at Princeton, his his love for problem solving, his psychiatrist. Yeah, and that's something that I want to you know try to do more. Obviously, you are one of the biggest uh, positive influences in my life. But I've, you know, I've never been the kind of person to participate in the study group or go to a TA session or go to like a professor's office hours. But I feel like those are the kinds of things that will help, you know, surround me with resources that, you know, buoy me up and are like rooting for for my achievement and my success in, you know, the college program. And so I feel like I should try to be more accountable to myself about being involved in that way because I feel like those are the kind of resources that are going to help me more than I can help myself. Yeah, exactly. And kind of along the lines, I mean, basically what you're saying, but also having like a network of people that support you. Um, you know, you touched on this a little bit, but um, and it's kind of the same thing, but like you don't have to do go through a mental illness alone. There are people around you that would be willing to help I know it's something that's hard to discuss and talk about trust me I get that more than anyone but it's also really hard to record a podcast episode about yes but there are like friends and family um you know mental health professionals um there are online networks there are um you know hotlines there are always people that you can talk to to help you get through it. And mental illness is one of those things that you don't and can't really do alone and shouldn't. Um, but reach out and <laughs> they make psychiatry look really scary in the movie because like it was back in like the 1950s, like, back when like psychiatry was... Uh, sketch <laughs> to yeah, say the, the least the hospital was really scary like everything was like 
stark white. The nurses looked like they were out of like a horror movie. It looked like they were in the Twilight Zone. They put him in these insulin-induced comas and seizures. And so you see him in this bed and like his wife and the psychiatrist are watching as they inject him with insulin, like too much insulin, and then he like goes into a coma or like he start or he starts having a seizure. Um and that is not what they do nowadays <laughs> at all. <laughs> I mean, obviously there was a lot of stuff like we know there was shock therapy and other things that people went through, you know, back when they were starting to trying to figure out psychiatry and I think they've kind of landed more on medications which is not nearly as bad but don't fight medication sometimes you just need it do you think this is a movie that well, let me rephrase it how rewatchable of a movie do you think this was ooh um okay this is definitely a movie that I feel like everyone should see at least once in their lifetime because it had some very important um, topics and like themes and ideas that people need um, that I feel like is important for people to see um, as far as rewatchability though I'd have to be in the right mood like I'm definitely not opposed to like watching it again but it is a heavy movie and I'd have to be in the right mood to get me to watch it again it's not going to be like um, one of my favorite movies Monty Python and the Holy Grail probably seen at least a hundred times and probably not going to rewatch it that many times but I could see myself watching it like a couple more times in my lifetime okay like th this is one of those movies that if I never saw it again I'd be fine just because it has such an impact on you the first time that you see it that like you carry that carry that with you and but it's not you don't watch the movie for the entertainment value you watch it's one of those movies that you watch it because it challenges you mhm mm although it is very entertaining it is i thought so i thought it was very well done and oh yeah it was a beautifully crafted movie yes um but it's not like you know a marvel superhero movie where oh. you watch it just to like you know the uh magic realism escapism so Oh, well, I thought, like, it drew me in with the plot and Yeah. It's, a, it's an engaging story, for, for sure. sure. But it's not just pure uh, movie recreation entertainment. That's what I was trying to say. Um, and I, honestly, I have a hard time even watching movies like that in the first place because of my ability to focus. Usually the only movies that can, you know, capture my intention capture my attention for long enough for me to even watch it are fast paced uh over the top you know lots of stimulation kind of movies like superhero movies or you know science fiction star wars you know things like that um and these kind of movies that are you know all dialogue and situational and very you know more like steady paced i haven't ever you know enjoyed watching those so i don't i don't know what it is about this movie in particular that made it so meaningful and easy for me to watch but for example we tried to watch inception that one time and that was a movie i got 10 minutes in and it was painful just to sit there because i couldn't like focus on what they were saying and i couldn't you know uh 
understand what was um like what the story was trying to do just within the first 10 minutes and where that like and so i asked you to turn it off and like we tried to do something else but <laughs> i feel like i want to try to get more involved because i think it's important that you watch movies and consume media that challenge you and open up your perspective and diversify your like exposure to things outside of your own like little bubble uh cuz you cuz everyone has a different experience or a different everyone goes through a different version of the human experience and it's important to be able to uh empathize with others that like you don't know what they're seeing in their mind you don't know what they what their past like what they are haunted by from their past like that's what like john nash said is um he was meeting with someone from the nobel prize you know board and he the guy was asking him like so your delusions haven't gone away and or, or maybe it was his his uh colleague but he was talking to someone and they were saying, oh, so your delusions have never gone away. And he's like, no, they're still here. I just choose to ignore them. And because of that, they, for the most part, ignore me. And he says, don't don't your delusions haunt you? And he just said, well, they're my past and everyone's haunted by their past. And that's true. Everyone goes through things, traumatic, uh, things they regret. And everyone has things that, you know, change them. And no one is like you look at someone, they are a different person than they were five years ago, 10 years ago when they were a child and you never really know all of the things that haunt them. We as a people need to be more understanding and more flexible with our ability to accept people outside of like our realm of comfortability. Yeah. I think, you know, especially where we live, there's a lot in the world that's going wrong. I mean, looking at the news can be very depressing and, I think a lot of people want to be happy and it can be depressing to like hear about that kind of stuff or hear about these kinds of experiences that other people have that like you're not going through. And there's a lot of people who just choose to ignore everything else and just like focus on their um, like little world and little bubble um, because, you know, they just want to be happy and they don't want to think about those kinds of things. But Honestly, I don't feel like you can be call yourself an educated person and not educate yourself on the other experiences that people go through that aren't exactly like you, you know. But there are lots of different groups of people out there, even here in like the local area where you are, that are having different experiences than you are. And if you choose to ignore their experiences or choose not to educate yourself on what they're going through, like, you're not an educated person. You're not well-rounded. That's just part of, that's just part of the education experience, really, is learning about what your fellow human beings are going through. Right. And this was definitely one of those movies that um, educated on the mental health area. It is a, I would consider it you know one of the few perfect movies out there right now yes definitely i i enjoyed that movie a lot i think it's a very important movie for people to watch and um not only did it have a good message and everything but like we mentioned it was just well put together well directed well written beautiful cinematography just the score was amazing 
everything about it was just really, really good. We apologize that this was not the usual <laughs> goofy episode that we you know, normally try to like put out there. But at the same time, we don't really apologize because I feel like it's important to have serious conversations with, you know, people that you love to be able to talk about tough things with them. It's important to be able to check in with people that are important to you, see how they're doing to, you know, take care of the people that you care about. And it's important for you as our listeners to hear topics like this. So, uh, but that being said, we definitely don't want to make our podcast like we don't definitely don't want to make this kind of episode typical of our podcast. So if we ever do something hard hitting and serious like this again, it won't be for, you know, a long while. Yeah. You know, for the most part, we like to keep things lighthearted because, you know, sometimes our humor is how we cope with <laughs> right. the world. But um. And I feel like what we have to offer in the form of our show is just a dose of positivity because really our show isn't educational. When you listen to our show, you're not, you're not really being entertained. It's just two people that you, you know, you might know if you're friends or family, uh, if you've never met us, we're strangers to you and we just share about things that we're experiencing. And, you know, you're probably not very invested in our lives in the first place, but it, we just want it to be easy listening, a, a dose of positivity, something to put a smile on your face something to, you know, get your daily commute a little bit less boring. So, but that being said, um, this topic is something that's very important to both Josh and I. And, um, it's something that even though like most of our stuff is lighthearted, um, you know, we can be serious people too. And we thought that this was something that was very important to talk about because like there are people around you that are struggling with mental illness. I think you would be surprised if you knew exactly how many people are. I know when I was first diagnosed and I um, started talking to the people around me, um, especially at school because I was not going to school. And when I started talking to teachers and people, everyone was just so understanding because they had, if they had people in their lives that were going through very similar things, if they weren't already going through it themselves. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there um, that are struggling with the same kinds of issues, you know, not necessarily maybe schizophrenia, especially to the extreme extreme level that um, John Nash was going through it. But, you know, you may think, oh, I don't know anyone who struggles with that, but you do. You just haven't heard them talk right. about it. A lot of people, I think it's like one in three or one in two people uh, experience serious mental health issues uh and i think a lot of the time they can be relatively temporary like not like not like necessarily really short term but just something that like can come and go uh you know no fault of their own and then there's other things like john nash where it was a lifetime condition that it was like a serious disorder and so all of these conditions of the mind have serious impacts on people's physical and emotional health and everyone no matter what they're going through deserves a safe space mm -hmm. and whether you are currently being afflicted by some of these things whether you are uh you know someone or don't know someone like we all should 
strive to create safe places everywhere so that people, no matter who they are, where they come from, what they're going through, can find a safe place anywhere they go. My diagnosis changed my life. It changed the way that I had to do things. Um, it changed the way I approached certain issues. And, um, you know, it fundamentally changed the way I handled things. Um, and I feel like I've never really been the same since. And um, there are people around you who are going through stuff like that. You know, like John Nash, his his diagnosis changed his life as well. And um, changed the way he had to conduct his life. And um, to a certain extent, he had to build it around his mental illness. And that's the way I felt. And that's the way people around you can feel sometimes. And it can be frustrating for us, um, for people like that. But kind of like Josh was saying, like creating those safe spaces for people going through those things like that are really important so that they can have as normal of a life as possible. Well, thanks for uh, enduring this episode with us. Our next episode should be really fun to listen to. It's going to be all about our trip to Hawaii that we're leaving on, leaving to in like an hour and a half. <laughs> so um, also there should be some fun, exciting uh, new developments for the podcast, uh, possibly a really fun giveaway. So um, I will insert um, probably at the beginning of this episode a little bit more information about that, put on, on our social media. So make sure that you're uh, getting involved in that. But anyway, let's... Shout out a couple social media handles and then uh, go pack. All right. We're on Instagram. You can follow us at TFP underscore pod or our personal Instagrams, which are Josh underscore is underscore rich and dip your chicken. Uh, we're also the podcast has a Twitter at TFP underscore show. Just be sure to follow us on those socials so you can get up to date information about our show and you can uh, be involved in any fun promotions and surprises that we have really soon. We would also ask that you rate and review us on Apple podcasts. Um, help us get out there a little bit more. Give us five stars. If you like it, the cover art is by Vaishan Brandon. You can follow him at graphite.vmb. And then our music is by Mitch Fry at fire fry on Instagram and Mitch Fry music on YouTube. All right. I think that's it. Well, listeners, we appreciate you every week. We love you. And stay safe, stay, stay strong, stay stupendous. Happy Pride. And thanks for listening. Thanks for not eating my dino chicken nuggies. <laughs>